Somewhere far away, or maybe right nearby, lies an archipelago called Popisho, a place of stunning beauty and incorrigible mischief, destiny, and mystery. Xavier Redshoes is the Messinus of his generation, anointed by the gods to make each resident one perfect meal when the time is right. Inspired by Leone Ross's Jamaican homeland, inflected with rhythms and textures of an amalgam of languages, Poppy Show is a dazzling, masterful work of fiction. Well, we'll be the judge of that here on Treat Yourself. Welcome to Treat Yourself, where every month we read a book and then we come together and talk about it. I'm Christina. And I'm Hannah. And this month we read Poppy Show by Leonie Ross. Yay! Yay! Hannah, <laughs> I chose the book this month, so you get to tell me how you felt about it and break my heart. <gasps> Christina, <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> I absolutely loved this book. <laughs> I win! <laughs> <laughs> this this book is nothing at all what I expected it to be. Yeah. There were moments at the beginning where I wanted to DNF the book, mainly because I thought like I knew where it was going mm -hmm. and what the characters were about, and it just made me so angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Xavier specifically, he made me so mad at the end of one chapter that I would have thrown the book if it had been a physical copy <laughs> instead of my e-reader. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I was just so mad. <laughs> and then also there was just so much body horror yeah. that I was not prepared for because I don't think that's in the description at all. Oh yeah, and lots of trigger warnings for this book. I mean, yeah, I'm going to try and do my best to go through some of them in, in a minute, but yeah, whew, that, that body horror had me setting the book down for a little bit before returning to it because I was just like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and I don't know that I want to continue anymore. Yeah. All that being said, though, I did love this book so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the characters are all so complex mm -hmm. and just fascinating. Yeah. And the pace with which you are given information about these characters is just sheer perfection. Mm -hmm. Because... I was hating one character and feeling sorry for another, but then as you go throughout the story and get to see the full picture of each character, like, all of my original perceptions were wrong and yeah. impressions and, like, all of that fully changed by the end of the story. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. The, the world building, despite there being so much body horror, was really interesting. Yes. I, like, I couldn't tell what time it was taking place in, you know, like, but, like, mm -hmm. there seemed to be, like, some technology, like, you could call some people, like, mm -hmm. but then they also, I don't know, it just also seemed like they were very grounded in, like, trade work and farming and, you know, mm -hmm. living off the land and everything. So, which seems kind of like a less developed society or maybe a society that's gone back to, I guess, using less fuels mm. or, like, maybe that's what we refer to in the future even. Right. Yeah, it definitely seemed like Poppy Show the Island was really isolated yes. from the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, the governor was kind of trying to get them to branch out 
and and join the rest of the world but but they were like no we have our way of living and we're pretty happy with it let's just stick to how we are this book also has fantastic commentary on so many important and difficult topics yes I mean, it tackles so much in this book. It's it's tackling poverty and corruption and capitalism and patriarchy. And it does it in this nuanced way that is just so fantastic. And I just, I wasn't sure how it was all going to wrap up at the end. And then it did in, I thought it was like a perfect ending. It just wrapped up so well. Yeah. So, So yeah, I, I just, I loved it so much, but but there are so many content warnings. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, I tried to make a list, uh, but I would suggest going to Storygraph because Storygraph usually does a pretty good job of having uh, oh, content warnings there for you to look at. But uh, what I wrote down was, you know, definitely body horror, uh, suicide and suicidal ideation, abuse, addiction, miscarriage, and homophobia. Domestic violence. Yes. So I, yeah. think, I think those are the, but still check out the other content warnings. If you think you need it them. tackles a lot of subjects guys. I mean, so much. Yeah. I love yes. it. Christina, this was your pick. Did you also love it? So, oh my gosh. Like again, I had no clue what to expect <laughs> at all, but yeah, I really loved it. Like I almost feel like there could be, short stories that come out of like the separate little tiny Mm. islands and like the little people that we've met along the way and like the character building was so great like you know there's depth you know that there's so much more going on and everyone was like such an interesting like vignette Mm -hmm. and I also like really love the love story like Mm. it felt really real and like painful and it wasn't you know happy and it was tumultuous and difficult and complicated Mm -hmm. and like not traditional and it felt like like a real issue (laughs) you know like a real contemplation so like it felt cool like being able to go through that with each of the characters Mm -hmm. yeah I liked it and I liked all the magic like (laughs) okay this is like how stupid I am, I guess. But I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no negative talk. But anyways, um, I felt like I would read like a section about something weird, super weird and magical that happened. And I'd be like, I like don't really know what happened. Mm. And like, it makes me kind of want to like go through the book again yes. and see if I catch those moments now that I have the story mm-hmm down you know just because like just reading through it I was like I don't really understand what happened there Mm. but I'm just gonna keep going (laughs) I do feel like I would love to have a physical copy to annotate yeah I this would be a perfect book to do that with and it's a beautiful book too Mm. yeah are we ready to get into our spoiler filled discussion I think so I think we are all right so this is a point in the podcast where if you haven't read this book and you don't want to be spoiled, you should stop listening. Go read the book, come back. If you do want to be spoiled and you have read the book or and or keep listening because we're about to spoil everything. Oh, Hannah. So, okay. Um, I'm actually curious, first and foremost, what 
is the moment that you were talking about where you almost DNF the book? So I thought the first chapter was really interesting and and I was intrigued with what was going on. Then we get some pretty gross body horror happening in chapter two with a niece and and her miscarriages. Oh yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what this book is doing anymore. But I, you know, kind of got me back with chapter three with Romansa because he was just really adorable. But, but yeah, I think also when uh, Chitsi's friend had her lungs flapping out, I was just like, oh, yeah. that's more body horror. Like they're washing her lungs and her yeah. lungs are just like flapping there. And I was just like, I really don't know what this book is trying to do. So all of those like different body horrors from like chapters two to four just really... I was just like, I can't, I, I I can't with it. Right. And then, and then, yeah, I, I wanted to throw my book though, when, when Xavier, the whole beginning of this book is Xavier just being so sad about his wife passing, about Nia yeah. being, being gone and, and not having been able to lay her, her body to rest because in this world, the the bodies will just roam around and and decompose unless mm. they're properly uh, laid to rest, and and he's all he's just so seems like he's grieving and he's he's put, put himself away and he he's only just now coming back out to the community like a year later, and then we get to the end of this one chapter where he reveals that he never even loved her anyway, who he loved was a niece. And I know in the description of the book, it says that they're long lost loves. Yeah. And I was like, Oh cool. They're going to reconnect and she's going to help him get over his grief. And I mean, that is kind of what happened, but learning that he never even loved Nia in the first place. I was like, how dare you marry this person who loved you when you did not love them. And I was just so angry at what I had thought Xavier was and, mm. and who who he was being portrayed to be that I was like, how dare you do this? Yeah. And then you, of course, find out that, you know, basically all of those thoughts are wrong. I mean, he didn't love her, but the r- relationship was much more turbulent than right. just that. It wasn't just him not loving her. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. That was, I remember that being very abrupt. I was like, oh, wait, like, where did this come from? Like, he hasn't mentioned Mm. Denise once. Yes. And so that's the other thing, because then I was like, I, I started to think that he not only didn't love Nia, but that he was obsessed with a niece because he taught her like one week. He was doing like cooking classes. And so it, it, so I started to feel like, because you see the interactions from his perspective where, you know, he's flirting with her, with a niece, but you don't necessarily see what a niece is going through. And anytime you've had a niece's present perspective, she's focused on her husband mm-hmm. who is cheating on her, but she's focused on her husband and trying to make that relationship still kind of work. So I was like, what are you doing, Xavier? You are a terrible person who not only didn't love your wife, but you obsessed over this woman that you barely knew. And again, you find out throughout the story that that's not true, that they did spend a good amount of time together and that Anise played a really important role in his life in yeah. helping him overcome his addiction. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was so well done. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Like, 
Just the way, like, all the characters kind of fell into each other, like, puzzle pieces, kind of. Mm -hmm. It was really great. Yeah, but I had the same feelings. I was like, what is happening? Like, this is so shady. (laughs) And, yeah, there was a lot of body horror in this. I think it doesn't lessen throughout the book. I think you just kind of get used to it. Yes. Um, I mean, like, what was happening to... um, romanza like when they get to dead island like oh yeah he was sick and they never found out like what he was sick with they just they they know that he's he's sick but then what he was taking to try and combat the cough was poisonous and so that was just not helping him get over it but you're right they never knew exactly what specifically was wrong with him he was just trying to treat the symptoms Mm -hmm. by treating the symptoms he was making things worse for himself yes but just like all of a sudden you know they've had this great adventure which was like such a great read like such a great part of the novel (laughs) i loved xavier and romansa together it was so sweet and i mean i should have realized what a good guy Xavier actually was just from how he interacted with Romanza because as soon as he realized that lies hurt Romanza that his core was that he can tell if somebody is lying but he tells it by feeling physical pain and I don't think Xavier really lied to him after that he was very careful with his words and made sure that he wasn't going to basically make Romanza feel this pain Mm -hmm. and I just loved their their whole adventure of let's go find food to for the wedding feast, which is Xavier's purpose, which he didn't want to do at all. But he's like, eh, let me let me continue on this journey with this interesting guy that I ran into. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I just loved it. Them crossing the ocean. Just mm-hmm. such a fun read. And then <laughs> as soon as they get to the other side of the beach, like Romanza is like dripping like fluids out of his mouth Mm -hmm. and it's just a real horror show Mm -hmm. but it seemed like i actually thought it had something also to do like with the blue man i didn't really fully understand the blue man to be honest like it's Mm -hmm. his like dad on dead island and then he like melted yeah xavier remembered figuring out who his real dad was as opposed to just his stepdad and Mm -hmm. he it was this blue man who he followed because he could tell like this guy looks exactly like me he's my father let me try and learn more about him so he followed him to to where all the indigent were were living and and yeah i guess I don't know if it's because of the moth that the blue man melted or just because of cores and all of the weird body horror that's already going on. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, Xavier watches his father turn into a puddle. Yeah. Horrifying. Ugh. On the first night that you like see your real dad. Well, yeah, that and then tries his dad's cooking and gets hooked on the moth drugs because of it. Yeah. <sighs> Which is... Not great. <sighs> yes. Um, and what a, like, great concept and, well, like, an interesting concept. Like, the moths being these, like, terrible drugs. And then 
people regularly eat butterflies too and that's more of like an alcohol Mm -hmm. that just makes them tipsy like kind of interesting (laughs) they're just flying around and people just are plucking them out of the air yeah (laughs) loved it that was really interesting yeah we follow like we follow everyone on their little journeys. They eventually come back together and some weird things happen. And I took these as like kind of omens that the sweet hurricane was mm. coming. I'm not okay. sure. Like, cause there was no other explanation given. Mm. At least I don't think. I don't think so. They probably were just because of the hurricane, the sweet hurricane coming. Yeah. So the sweet hurricane happens like, once every couple hundred years or once a century and it's a very large storm it causes everyone to shelter in place for like a month at a time mm-hmm. it's very devastating and some weird events start happening the first of which i think it was the first is all women's pump poms fall out <laughs> Oh my gosh, everybody's vulvas like it's just hitting the ground was that was that was one of those times where I put my book down. So I was just like, I really don't know what this book is trying to say anymore. <laughs> why? Why is this happening? What is going on? And then it ended up being one of my favorite parts of the book. Yeah, it ended up being so poignant and making like one of the greatest points of the book. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I thought it was funny, like, and how it happened to, you know, Anise is at a whorehouse and Mm -hmm. she's trying to help these sex workers who are about to be raided and Mm -hmm. they decide to string up their pom-poms, their vulvas. That's when I was, I was fully (laughs) Yes, I was like, yes, they are using their vaginas to cast a magic spell of protection around this house to protect them from these men who are trying to get in without paying Mm -hmm. because the governor was like, all of the sex workers are going to be free uh, on this island for anybody. uh, And so you don't have to pay. And the sex workers were like, that's not cool with us mixie specifically was like no that's not how this works i'm not going to allow this to happen and then anise just happened to be there as well when she was like on her journey trying to figure out where her husband was and what he was doing yes and and yeah the way that they decide to cast the spell with them and they're able to protect the themselves for a good amount of time with that oh i thought that was such a cool so amazing i loved it so great and the governor's daughter makes a terrible mistake gives hers to her betrothed and he takes it on a walk and drops it in the river he's like let me go to my thinking spot the river let me take this will bring me some comfort uh you know my my fiance who i'm gonna marry tomorrow has entrusted this really important thing to me let me take it out and look at it yes and then loses it (laughs) which oh they (laughs) that was so frustrating i was like oh my god i just those two were really sweet yes and so good together yeah they're super cute um so xavier his cores is awesome like he can season food with his hands like any season Mm -hmm. can come out of his hands 
did you ever think of like what kind of cores like you would want oh gosh no probably because i was so horrified by all the body <laughs> horror <laughs> i mean a lot of the cores had to do with body horror <laughs> like I'd, I'd end up with my lungs hanging out of my body and needing to be washed <laughs> I'm like what good is that Uh, I'd have like the long neck that can turn 360 degrees Mm. (laughs) that was also terrifying that was a bit terrifying (laughs) oh my god I mean even uh, the governor's daughter Santine she can feel these like wings underneath her skin Mm -hmm. and like right away like they're described as like she can feel the crinkling and stuff and I'm not picturing like feathery angelic wigs like I'm right away picturing like fly bug wings and I'm like Ugh. Uh, yeah <laughs> like it's so gross and yeah they were dragonfly wings they were dragonfly wings which is a pretty bug but it's still a bug yeah <sighs> yeah oh my goodness kind of sucks that she was able to fly right before the hurricane started I know and then she had to just stay inside yeah she finally got her core. Right? Couldn't use it that much. I know. Uh, I would like to see more in this world. I think that'd be cool. Mm. When all the woman's vulvas fell out, um, mm. the first thing the governor said, or did, was he banned sex for 24 hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. Like, oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> Come on. Like, First of all, I'm not shocked that he would do something like that. That seems mm. reasonable if you think about men making rash I decisions. I mean, very, very heteronormative, <laughs> though, as well. Exactly. I mean... Yes. Right? Because <laughs> <sighs> everyone has vulvas and it's affecting everyone, for sure. Yes. But that... <laughs> that whole thing, when he he makes that decision we find out because we we hear about the decision before we find out the reasoning behind it i mean you kind of know the reasoning is that everybody's vulvas fell out but you're still not really sure like why he would do that especially when he had specifically sent these men to the sex workers Mm -hmm. and i mean especially the ones who were outside the uh, the whorehouse they were very willing to find a way to make it work regardless yeah like so i don't know but it's just interesting when you find out that poor santine has to reveal to her father the governor that my idiot fiance lost mine yes and so then he is he's like i just sent these men to go do unspeakable things to these women who are not consenting at the moment yeah somebody's gonna find my daughters and do terrible things to it Mm -hmm. and you kind of get that reasoning but then he goes into the news station and that pair that chapter where he's on the radio and and just getting his butt handed to him by the host yes who is just taking to taking him to task for everything like why are you making this decision what are you doing to try and fix the situation what are you doing to help the women like 
just questioning him on every single thing. And he's he's not doing anything to help the situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because all he was doing was hoping that his daughter would find her vulva and be able to put it back. Yes. And and wasn't thinking of anything else. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Like, and, like, he actually talked to the Department of Health about anything. Like, mm. he definitely did not. And, no. oh, my gosh. And then the only way he can retaliate is just leaving and lashing out at the uh, the radio host. Like, well, yeah. what happened to yours? Like, what? Like, you'd know what happened. Yeah, same thing that happened to everybody else. But as, as she was saying, like, people had already, the community had been trying to help each other. They were already calling in with, okay, we've we found the way to fix this, or this is yeah. what I did, this is what worked for me. And so, like, they were already being proactive. Yeah. Like, just banning sex was not going to help the situation right he needed to do more than that and, and he was not prepared to do more than that so yeah what a familiar argument <laughs> <laughs> yeah just don't have sex abstinence is key guys <sighs> <laughs> i was like oh my god this is everything <laughs> mm. yeah mm. and he's reacting how everyone reacts ever like these days and they just dig in their heels and they have no educated response and all Mm -hmm. they can do is march off in shame and find some way to retaliate down the road Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure what his retaliation was besides just being crude at the miss pretty contest but yeah (laughs) Oh, I also, I loved the Miss Pretty contest, how it was just, let's have these women debate each other. Yes. <laughs> and and whoever makes the best point is the one who gets to continue on yes. to the next round. And you just keep going around and around. I was, that was fantastic. Yes. It was like, clear, these women are all far more qualified than the governor who is judging this contest with <laughs> with how they are debating. I just... And then even there was just one little aside in the audience where this person was selling birds, right? Mm-hmm. And and one woman is like, what are you doing? We, there are birds everywhere. Why, why are you selling birds? And he's like, huh, fair point, because this is the pretty, pretty contest, <laughs> like pretty town contest yes. or whatever. And you, you're a woman and you've made a good point. I shall listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just also interesting that like this seemed to be the one time where the community really was listening to the women mm-hmm. was when they were doing this pageant. Yeah. Was on on this pageant day, if a female makes a good argument, then we'll listen. Exactly. Exactly. The heckler was getting heckled and, mm. you know, everyone was rising up against the governor, like, without fear, you know. And also, like, this is the beginning, like, this is election season, <laughs> And, like, he should be debating his rival. And Mm -hmm. they just have women debating for just the heck of it. Yeah. (laughs) So amazing. Yeah. Pretty great. Loved it. I mean, the end really was great. And, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, the end was just, like, a giant hurricane that, like, cleansed the city. (laughs) 
and yeah though i mean the governor was the only one who truly got <laughs> he, got cleansed yeah that was that was fantastic yeah i mean he was the root of a lot of their problems mm-hmm. and i mean there's still the men they they probably still need some work because i don't know if they all fully learned their lesson from the vulvas falling out yeah but but still i the governor was was the main person that needed to be gone for them to be able to make things better yes in this place oh. but yeah i just the other thing with the sweet hurricane is something that that pilar romanza's boyfriend uh kept saying was basically like the sweet hurricane it it puts you where you're meant to be and who you're meant to be with Mm -hmm. and and like lessons are basically learned with where you are and who you're with and i thought it was so fantastic how in this book again we have anise and xavier who you find out throughout the story do both genuinely love each other And, and as you get to hear more about their history and what they mean to each other, that they genuinely love each other. And I kept thinking, like, each chapter, this is going to be the chapter where they run into each other. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not until the end with that sweet hurricane where they finally connect. And yeah. oh, that, that, that just made it all the better. Right. Was that it took so long. They had to go on their own personal journeys mm-hmm. to try and get into a space where they could even be together yeah and then they got to spend that time together because of the hurricane mm-hmm. and and really figure things out with each other yes and i just thought that was so well done oh yeah that really was beautiful like it just really was it really was good like i would have been fine even without an epilogue honestly mm. but we all love an epilogue yeah. Um, and even like finding out that Nia had found love as well, you know, mm-hmm. was nice. You know, Xavier had been waiting for her ghost to find him. Mm-hmm. That's what ghosts do in their land. They wander until they find, I guess, their their love to put them to rest. Yeah, it's, yeah the person they love the most. Mm-hmm. And so Xavier had been waiting and waiting and had been a little over a year since her death and she, mm-hmm. she still had not been there. And then this guy named Zebediah comes by mm-hmm. and tells, tells him that she came by five oh. months ago and they danced until she turned to ash. Ugh. And she had fashioned bones out of like coral and sea things. Yeah. He was <sighs> talking about like how um, ingenuitive she was. Yes. Uh, and how she she really did work to keep her body going Mm -hmm. and it was frustrating because like poor at this point i'm fully in love with xavier and and fully against nia i mean maybe not fully against Mm -hmm. but i just it sounds like there was a lot more I mean, it sounded like there was abuse on her end yeah. towards him, where he was talking about how, like, even the kitchen just didn't feel, like, it felt so much better when she wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and just all of these little things that he had said throughout. So I was just like, I'm not a fan of her. But then also, 
I don't know. I think I've missed my point that I was trying to make. But anyway, I just, I was kind of mad at her lover for not coming to him sooner. Yeah, I, understand I did think about why. that too. I, yeah. I fully get why. Mm-hmm. But when you know this man that Xavier thinks that Nia, I mean, he thought that all this time, he still thought that Nia loved him, mm-hmm. despite how she treated him. Yeah. He still held on to, but she loves me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was probably freeing for him to realize that, okay, she didn't, she didn't love me in the end. Yeah. That, that it wasn't me that she was waiting for, but still like, what, seven months ago? Yeah. Like you couldn't have told me five, seven, like you couldn't have told me. And he's carrying around her notebook, like making sure it doesn't get Mm -hmm. wet and like, you know, keeping it for her, like for when she arrives and like all of this. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, all for naught. But, you know, if you think about it, like, five months ago, like, maybe he was still locked, locked up, shut in, you know? I think so. And maybe he just, like, Zebediah just didn't want to bother him and, like, felt like, oh, if I tell him now, he'll beat me up (laughs) for sure. Mm. (laughs) I don't feel like being beat up today. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it it probably was. This was probably the only time that he could have Mm -hmm. told him. Yeah. Right before a giant hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. While the storm has started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> but I loved all the descriptions of like all the strange fruit and mm. um, like the thorn that he found that like just had such a complex taste and mm-hmm. like just, I don't know, like I really don't have great taste buds so like I'm just like okay whatever Rose tastes like or I don't know um but I envy people who do have a perfect palate so you know Mm. reading the descriptions is the closest I'll ever get (laughs) oh my gosh but yeah it, it was so cool how Xavier I mean, he was doing it to kind of stick it to the governor, but how he did come to the decision, like, I'm going to do my walk around, get Mm -hmm. all of the ingredients for the wedding feast, but I'm going to be doing it by going to the indigent and seeing what they have to offer. Yeah, Uh, These people that have been fully, like, forgotten, Mm -hmm. just never really considered in anything, I'm going to go do that. And I just thought that was just really cool, everything that he was doing. And I especially love the detail how in the story, there's a point where these boxes of toys are just starting to show up mm-hmm. at at the houses throughout the throughout the island. And, and you're not sure where these toys are coming from. And then finally, you get a chapter later on where you realize that the the indigent that uh romances the the people that romance has been with and that pilar is like kind of leading yeah that that they broke into the toy factory stole the toys and then distributed them throughout the island i think even when i found out that they had stolen the toys i hadn't fully put together that they were the ones dropping the toys off because it happened after the toys were being dropped off is when we learn Mm -hmm. that they had stolen them right and so i was like i don't know i don't know what's going on but then just 
from that, from where they were working to save this island that has pretty much forgotten them and hasn't cared for them the way that they needed to be cared, that they were like, here's a way to fix things. Take the power away from the governor who is holding this monopoly over these these toys and these these factories Mm -hmm. and these resources distribute them to everyone so that everyone can can support themselves and then after that when the hurricane came it was just so beautiful where everybody in the island was was helping them get shelter yeah because they wouldn't have had shelter otherwise right right and and just the way everybody was looking out for each other Mm -hmm. at the end was just so pretty and it was so good yeah i totally got the sense that like indigents are kind of like transients or you know Mm. akin to like homeless people but they've Mm -hmm. kind of been designated to one island here yeah um you know at the end uh they're making a plea to the people to help indigents and they're saying you know Mm -hmm. it's your brother it's your sister your mom dad like everyone's had people run off to the wild and honestly, like, mm-hmm. Dead Island seems a little kind of cool, but also, like, kind of scary. I mean, it has, like, 300-some poisons that they don't have on their regular I island. Know. And there's already <laughs> so much body horror to begin with. Why would you go to a place that's probably going to have even more? Because there's so much more poison. And they eat the poison for fun. Yeah! It's out of respect for the land. Yeah. I must, they eat what the land provides, and the land poison. provides poison. <laughs> why so much poison like i feel like in real life there's no no place that has that much poison condensed in one place but it's that was a lot of poison yeah it is called dead island though yeah yeah there's also the one part of the island that's like black and white oh yeah and it like rains black or something i don't even know that was one of the parts where i was like i don't really know what's going on here descriptions in this book were (laughs) so good yeah (laughs) So colorful. I would get lost in them a little. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Very good book. Well, Hannah, after reading this book, did it remind you of any other books? Do you have any recommendations, would you say? (sighs) Christina, I've never read a book like this before. You know, that was my line, Hannah. I've never read a book like this before. So, you know, just read another magical realism book. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with magical realism. I, yeah, I was going to say I very loosely, just because uh, it's another magical realism book, I would say Like Water for Chocolate uh, by Laura Esquivel. Mm -hmm. Another book that wasn't quite magical realism but I feel like it kind of follows a similar like not necessarily structure but I would say Chronicle of a Death Foretold uh, by Gabriel Garcia Marquez that uh, it's like 120 pages it is basically this person who it has gone back to this town that they they grew up in and they're trying to gather all of the information about why this one person was murdered this one day mm-hmm. and how literally everyone in that town knew he was going to be murdered and it still happened. Whoa. And so it, it, it's just going through and explaining how that failure 
if you want to call it failure, up to you once you read it, if you think it was meant to be or not. But how, with everybody who knows about it, they still just let it happen. Wait, is there like a solid answer at the end of the book, though? Like, telling you how it happened? Yeah, oh, the the last chapter, and, and this is going to be kind of funny since I tried to put down uh, Poppy Show so many times because of body horror. That last chapter is so gore-filled. You get the full murder. Like, you, at that point, you know everybody's motivations. You know what kind of person um, the person who is murdered is. Uh-huh. You um, know whether or not you think they deserve it or not. And so... And then you just get this just gore-filled description. And I, at before that, I was like, this book is kind of boring. It's short, but it's kind of boring. And then, I don't know, those last two chapters and especially all that gore, I was like, <laughs> I guess I really, I really like gore-filled things. <laughs> or so I thought. And then apparently body horror is just not for me. But also, I, it kind of is. <laughs> It depends, so, I guess. It depends. If I'm expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's There's something different about having your lungs scrubbed outside of your body. Oh, that one really. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. But anyway, so those are just very loose, like, classic magical realism authors that you could turn to. Um, and actually, one of the interviews I saw with Leonie Ross, she was compared to Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm. So very good recommendation, I would say. Good yes. job. <laughs> Christina, your turn. You had like an epiphany moment. I did. Okay, so we have read Magical Realism before, and I have read Magical Realism. Mm. Which makes sense if we have. But uh, Jeff Vandermeer writes Mm. a ton of magical realism we read in born Mm -hmm. that was more kind of like alien sci-fi but i would say like his southern reach trilogy was kind of more magical realism it is sci-fi but like you know you enter this bubble and like anything can happen and lots of Mm. strange things strange things happen and they kind of just happen in passing and that's kind of how i felt in this book like a strange thing would happen in passing and it's just so ordinary for the people in the book they don't really mention it i mean they marveled at it a little bit more in the jeff vandermeer's southern reach trilogy but very good there is some body horror in that book since we're talking about it so much if that is something that you're interested in (laughs) (laughs) if that called to you as soon as we said yes um and i haven't read it yet but it's on my tbr shelf black leopard red wolf by marlon james Mm. he interviewed leonie ross and he is a caribbean author and i believe they have like a very similar vibe you know Hmm. them interviewing with each other was a very good conversation i thought more about writing than the actual book Mm. yeah okay yeah definitely excited to check out his work after this yay um hannah what are we reading next month so next month we will be reading Phoenix Extravagant by Yoon Ha Lee. It's sci-fi with a reluctant hero who just wants to paint and do art and is stuck doing a job painting these sigils onto these dragon mechs 
and, you know, is really trying not to get involved in any of the politics. But of course, they are going to end up getting sucked in to the whole political mess. Of course. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on all of the platforms. And don't forget to treat yourself. Bye.